GXP Podcast. Chatting with the coolest people from across the Midwest who do some awesome things. We've been at this a minute. <laughs> and that's the podcast. Thanks for coming out. See you next year. Yeah, we love it. Now, here's your host, Brian Lee. All right, here, uh, we're going to start off with uh, episode two of season one here of the GXP podcast. Uh, I am sitting here and uh, hanging out with one of my great friends and uh, a 10-year veteran of GXP now. Um, and uh, his name is Tim Frazier, a.k.a. DJ Verbatim. Yes, sir. Hey, yes, world. Sir. Hey, world. Hey, world. <laughs> hey, world. <laughs> so, DJ Verbatim... Um, when you first became a DJ, I challenge you to, to make up your own DJ name. You know, DJ Tim came to mind, DJ Frazier. Um, but you came up with verbatim. And how is that? Because it's <laughs> fucking genius, dude. You know? It's like actually a pretty funny story. So when I first started, um, you were obviously the first DJ I really knew. And you incorporated your name into your DJ name. So I felt like I needed to do that to kind of keep everything uniform, if you will. Um, so I kind of thought of words that I knew that, uh, had Tim in it, you know, intimate or intimidated or, or intimidator or whatever. And that was all sounded really cheesy. DJ intimidator. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It just sounded kind of cheesy to me at least. It seems intimidating. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and plus I thought that was kind of egotistical, that one per se, but that was probably one of my finalists. But anyways, what I did, I literally went to Barnes and Noble first time I had ever been there. <laughs> um, uh, doesn't make it to the hood. Um, but anyways, uh, went to the Barnes and Nobles and I got a dictionary there and I just went through the dictionary and was looking up words, uh, and eventually got to V's and I saw verbatim. And at the time it wasn't a word that I really thought of when I was thinking of intimate and intimidator and all those. Uh, but I knew what verbatim meant. And at the time you knew me for two things. You knew me for being a huge Michael Jackson fan, and you knew me for, and it was a very, in my infancy of, of obsession with Michael, and you knew me for, a lot of people would know me for knowing lyrics verbatim. You know lyrics better than anybody I've ever met right. in my entire life. Now, I would I would challenge you with my daughter, because no, she I'll, is, oh, I tell I you what, I love Riley. I love Riley. Riley can kill Let's it go. on lyrics. Let's like go. She'll, she'll hear a song, and I'm like, how do you know the lyrics? She's like, I just do. And that's, I, I that feel a lip sync battle coming on. A lip sync battle. Yeah, we'll do a lip sync battle. I got you. Or we can even record. I don't care what we do. We'll, yeah. we'll do it. Let's, I'll bring let's her set that up. That'd be her. funny. That'd be funny. But, but that's how I knew you because I was like, "How do you know the lyrics of these songs? I've been DJing them for ten years. And yeah. I don't know the lyrics." Yeah. Well, going back to my childhood, when I really liked a song, I would literally write the song out word for word as I heard it, and then. So it was kind. Of, it's kind of funny because I remember uh, I need a girl part two. How did you know it was right though? I didn't, because then you know the internet wasn't a thing really. You know I'm 15, 14 years old, 13 years yeah. old. You know, just now getting into the internet, so you couldn't really look up lyrics. Um, but I, as I heard it, that's why I said as I heard it, that's what I would say. Um, as I've gotten older now, I can see the lyrics, so I've changed them um, from what I heard, but. Um, I remember uh, I Need a Girl Part 2 came out, and that was like one of my favorite songs at the time of all time. 
Um, this is before MJ, before... This is P. Diddy. But, and, yep, P. Yep. Diddy, Loon, uh, uh, Genuine's in it. Yep. Um, and I love that song. So I literally spent probably an hour um, writing out the lyrics, and then I would go through and, and learn them. Uh, and then eventually, I don't know if I was training myself. That's not what I was trying to do. I was just trying to learn this song because I loved it. Um, and I thought... I remember calling me by uh, Lil Zane and 112 was was a big one too, and that was in like '97 or something. Um, so that's kind of my first one, I think. But anyways, um, that's what I would do to kind of learn these songs. And now it's it's like if I hear a song, you know, four or five times, I can pretty much memorize it, and I don't know why. That's amazing. And yeah. so then he came up with verbatim, which is. Everybody knows the word verbatim because they had a burn CD that set it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not because that's of you, because that's, that's what the yeah. CD name was. Yeah. It's called verbatim. And yep. what that means is it's a copy. Yep. It's exactly word like word. the original. Yep. Yeah. And so you came to me, um, what was it, 2009, yep. right? Yep. 2008, 2008, right And you're like, I think I got my name. Yep. And you're like, I'm going to be DJ verbatim, V-E-R-B-A, capital T-I-M. Yep. And I was like... I was fucking jealous. It I does. was like, why did I think it's so cool like that for me? That's what you know? I thought was cool was it was it still stuck with my original theme and it said something about me. Right. And it had not only had my name in it, but I thought I'd stylize it by capitalizing the TIM Dude. so that people Although I've had some snafus in my career, like when I first started, where people would say verbatim. Um, or hyphenate the two, and it's well, like, no. they're fucking idiots. Well, yeah. That's, I remember <laughs> you know? my name was on the marquee at cocktails the first time ever, and that's what they had. I think I was doing like This a, was before Ryan Evans. Yeah, this was before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love cocktails. One of my favorite places to play, by far. Um, but, yeah, I remember that being on the marquee. And Verba it said Tim. Verba hyphen Tim. And I was like, no. But it was still cool, because I was, you know, every, we all, you know, won that first time. So, so we can all agree that DJ Commando just doesn't wear underwear because. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Commando. Yeah, Commando, uh, we'll have you on the show here soon. But, but I won't uh, lie, that's the first thing I thought. You better be wearing some drawers. <laughs> that's what I thought first time. Wear some drawers, man. I wonder. I would like to know. I never asked him where he got his. Where he that came started from. as DJ Freeze. Okay. Right, way back in like the eighties and stuff. Oh, yeah. was, you know, and then I don't know how he came up with Commando. I mm. think it was like the whole Schwarzenegger thing. I was thinking, is there yeah, a connection it, and that's to that, what maybe? it is. It's like you know, he's a warrior in the streets, and he, he he's a warrior on the decks, yeah, that type okay. of thing. Um, but a Commando also means no drawers, and that's <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's the first thing. That comes to my mind. Yeah, well, and I'm like, for a long time. So but. I'm disappointed. The first time I seen him, I was like, he's wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I wanted to see his schlong, but 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 yeah, that's. Uh, I I would like to I would like to hear him. We'll have him on, I'm sure. Yeah, but, we'll have him on. Yeah, here we'll have him on here and, and see where it, where it came up yeah, with you for know. Sure. But uh, for sure, it's funny because. Uh, yeah, but your name though, man. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna lie. Like Brian Lee came from. Um, you know, when I started in radio when I was 14 years old uh, at K-Live 105 in Dubuque. Shout out Y-105. Tri-State, ton of shits, K-Live 105. <laughs> so many yeah, connections Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, when I went on when I went on the air, my mom's like, listen, you don't want to use your real name and uh, your real last name because people get weird. And they sure fucking did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, people yeah. would try to call me and stuff like that, you know, and they'd call the station every time I worked when they heard me on the air because I knew I was there. Mm -hmm. There'd be people waiting in the parking lot sometimes to meet me and stuff. And Oh, jeez. And it's... <laughs> 
Hey, I appreciate everybody who loves what we do and mm-hmm. the, and the, their fans course, and so forth. But why can't I get a hot one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was fucking trolls. It, you know what I'm saying? I was just like, "What bridge did you crawl from?" I'm kidding. No, thank you for everybody. You're 14. You know, I was 14. Yes, you're 31. You're in sweatpants. You're in mom jeans. Yeah. <laughs> got a fupa I mean, oh, <laughs> but uh, you know and this is you know and she was so right because it protected me and then when i moved down to uh, cedar rapids in 1998 i was like no, i'm gonna go by dj roni now and she's like you don't want to do that and i was like mom you don't know the fuck you're talking about i'm brian lee and she's like that's <laughs> right shit. you're brian lee and i was like you're right and i'm glad because um you know, the people that listen to this podcast, most of us, uh, you know, know me that my last name isn't Lee. But it's so funny because when people meet me now, still out and about when I'm with my kids, they're like, Brian Lee. And my kids know the fact that when people call me by my real last name to Brian Lee, to the people that actually know me, to the yeah. people who are fans. I've always said that it kind of differentiates. You you, you could tell people that, that know you know you. Yeah. And then people that are just fans. Yeah, and people who call me DJ Brian Lee, I'm just like, all right, hey, what's up? How are you doing? You yeah, want you me to do sign your bra? All right, right. right. Cool. <laughs> um, but <laughs> would have been tit would have been better, but you yeah, know, but I never got that. No, just no. a strap. No, just damn. A, it's the back. Even damn. it's not even the front. Damn, you know, it's like a crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sports bra. <laughs> but I always thought, you know, now that you say that, like your name has a ring to it too. You know, it's not, yes, it's, it's kind of, it's your name per se, but it rolls but, off the tongue. Yeah. It's better than like DJ Roni. I don't like that. But if DJ Roni was the name, you would never think of anything else. Cause it'd be like, well, true, what it's true, like. true. <laughs> I wouldn't know Roni. Brian Lee then, right. but, but I do think looking, being able to compare both of them now, I do think DJ Brian Lee, Brian Lee sounds better. I appreciate that. Roni, and, so. and Hey, and it is it's not as cool is. as mine. But no it's, way! It's cool. No way! It's totally not as cool as yours. One hundred percent. Your name is way cooler. You know that's why I was like, "Fuck." And then you got somebody like Skittles, and you're like, "Where the fuck did that come?" I've from? I've always been. I've always been. I always wondered. And I think you told me that before. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the meaning. I don't know if I remember. I love you, Skittles. We're gonna have you on here, but yeah. What? That's definitely any DJ you have on here. That's that's is how you start it. Do I? By your name. Tell yeah. them how you come up with the name. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I I, and, and he's a great DJ. He's a killer DJ. Oh, yeah. He's oh, yeah. the uh, resident DJ down at Hazard County. Um, he does great work. He's a great fucking guy. But where did Skittles come from? I don't know. And was it copyrighted? Well, yeah, by fucking... By the candy. The candy company. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like I'd like to hear. Hey, the his CD company sure. could come after you. The blank disc company. Yeah, true. They'd be like, listen verbatim. Yeah, but dude, you know, it'd be funny wouldn't. if you came out with a mixtape that looked just like one of those. And That'd be brilliant. Like DJ right on top. That'd be brilliant. Just do them like that, DJ. Do they even verbatim. still make those CDs though? I don't know. Nobody fucking burns discs. Nobody anymore. burns anything, dude. My dad's. Got I mean, a, I still do. My dad's got a I'm 2018, weird. right? Doesn't even have a CD player in the truck. Doesn't That's crazy. It. Yeah. Well, why would you? Well, because some people still have CDs, like me. Right. You have a shit ton of CDs. I do. That's a thing. But do you listen to them in your car? No, I don't. Okay, so case in point, if you want to listen to a song. When I buy buy the CD, I do. Sure. But But that's the only time. That's the only time. You have a CD player at your house? Yeah. Uh, My old laptop has a CD burner in it. CD burner, huh? Yeah. Wow. 
Um, so. so if I want to listen to a CD here at home, I got to put up my DVD player and my Blu-ray and hope to God it works. With the blue screen? Yeah. <laughs> I have so many CDs, it's not even funny. Like, my kids don't own... Do you? I do. Over at my mom's house. I got oh. books of them still. All my old books. I oh, still yeah, I got have. you, got you, okay. Yeah, you know, gotcha. I mean, because when I used to DJ on the CDJs when they first came out, right, you yeah. had to put a CD in every single time, and you had to know the track number, and there was no script. I DJed without Serato up until 2008. Seven. Seven. 2007. Yeah, okay. Up until then, I didn't use a laptop to DJ, you know? Wow. So I went from vinyl <laughs> to CD, or to uh the, the Pioneer dual CDJs like that fit in a 19-inch. Mm. Okay, so they I could scratch and mix on these little little pads. So they're like <laughs> they were like little little CDJs, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like $900 for these things. And then I got the CDJ 800s, and I still have four of those. Yeah, fuckers. you still have a lot of those. Yeah. yeah a lot yeah. of those. Yeah. Like, people are have... like, I would be killing for two of them. And it's been probably, what, at least five years probably since you used them? Well, in yeah. a gig, yeah. probably? Yep. Because yeah. I, are Yeah, they, they sit dormant. Yeah, you know they're like. But a, I, I have mad. They're respect. like a bad virus. They yeah. they're not going to go away, <laughs> but they're there. Some of you guys can relate. <laughs> Most of you guys can relate. <laughs> but I have mad respect because I came as a DJ when it was already everything digital already. Right. Um. I mean, I did get to play with your CDJs a little bit, but it was still all digital. Right. Um. So I have definitely def respect for you and and for Commando, who's been doing it since. With vinyl, Matt Rissy does. I mean, yeah, he used to so do I have mad music. respect for yeah. all that. And you know, that's something that you should go back to. Yeah. You know, um, Matt Bergstrom, uh, the guy who he's a sound engineer owns MB Sound. Uh, he's a fucking douchebag, but I love him. Um, <laughs> that's a great definition. That's a great definition of him. I mean, and, and if he was here, he, he would be, admit that he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm yeah. a douchebag." Yeah. yeah. Okay. But either which way, um, he has a couple set. Uh, he has a, uh, a couple turntables mm. that we could borrow anytime. Uh, they're Veztech. That'd be fun. Um, That'd they're be fun. direct drive. They're they're a great deck. They're just not Technic 1200s. My buddy Brandon's actually selling a couple set of uh, Technic 1200s for 400 bucks, and I think I might buy them. Mm. I think I might buy them. That, would, that wouldn't be a they, bad They're going to need some work, so I'll probably have to put a couple hundred dollars into them. Um, if he hasn't sold them yet, I think I might buy them just to have them around here. Yeah. You know, I got so much vinyl in my mom's basement. Mm. And it's like 60. I can even imagine that like world. It's like 65 degrees, and they're all upright, and there's a dehumidifier. They're like perfect. They're not warped. Um, I don't have vinyl like Commando has vinyl. Well, Commando. That I mean, motherfucker's got vinyl. He's got vinyl days. for years. And he moves <laughs> so much, and he's moved so many times. I'm like, that would suck to fucking move all that vinyl. But Do you know how heavy fucking oh vinyl yeah, crates oh yeah, are, dude? Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. God damn. But I, I just couldn't imagine... I heard him in an interview um, for the radio station in Waterloo a couple of weeks ago. I, I seen that. Yeah, and he was talking about it, and I just couldn't imagine a world. I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, somewhat newer than a lot of. I am newer than a lot of you guys are. You but, have tenure though. But I, I do have tenure now. But you know, I never had to carry vinyl crates into a, a club under your or cinder blocks into a club or yeah. anything like that. I've never had to do any of that. But I do. I have done my history. I remember there's a show on Netflix, uh, Hip Hop Evolution, and it talks about how hip hop started, and it started with the DJ. Absolutely, it if absolutely there, started. With there the would DJ. be no, there would be no hip hop without the DJ, right. and this started in the early '80s. Yeah, yeah, late and '70s, early '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's crazy, you know. It's, they it, used to bring out speakers in the Bronx, 
and a mm-hmm. DJ would play, and then people would start speaking over it. Yep. And that's how hip-hop started. Live. So, like, hip-hop is the youngest form of music that is the most contra- the most influential yeah. right now yeah. on the planet. And very polarizing as well. Correct. So, it is the biggest form of music next, right now to, next to electronica and yeah. dance music. Like, because hip-hop is worldwide. Yeah. But so is electronica. And you know why electronica is? Like... You know, techno, any dance music, all that stuff. Because a lot of it doesn't have lyrics. And so what happens mm-hmm. is is it doesn't matter. There's no, la- there's no else. language barrier. Yeah, there's, there's no, no language right. barrier. Makes sense. Right. Makes sense. So, so if you listen to it in Denmark or in Tokyo or in Australia or in the United States or in South America... It doesn't matter. It's the same beat yeah, and the same, same music, and everybody's yeah. having their own personal experience in their mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Or even putting your own lyrics into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know. And hip hop has that barrier. Yeah. But it still crosses. It's still huge. Barriers. It's still yes. huge. Yeah. It's a huge genre of music. Um, it's kind of what I got based in. That's kind of what I when I became a DJ. That's what I. That was my foundation was hip hop and R and B. You know, coming from a black fr- family, um, being multiracial. Um, that's kind of what we were raised on. You know, boys to men, uh, growing up. Uh, Tevin Campbell, things like that. Color Me Bad. Color Me Bad, oh yeah. Um, so that's kind of what my base, and me becoming a DJ was kind of the best thing for me to kind of r- make me more of a well-rounded now. You know, I think back, and I remember listening to the radio when I'm in my mom's car at the age of four or five or six, um, and hear the radio. Um, but what I found I've been doing over the last couple of years There was now, no hip-hop back then. There wasn't really no hip-hop, no. But, but... I remember hearing songs and like singing along to them, but not knowing at that point, I didn't really care to know who the singer was or who the, who uh, the artist was themselves. So now that's, I'm totally, I'm 180 from that. Now I have to know the song, you know, my girlfriend won't know the song of, she'll say, Hey, I love this new song that's out. Well, what is it? I don't know. And it's like, how do you not know? How do you yeah. like a song and not? To me, it's like, how do you like a song? And for anybody, how do you like a song but not want to know who sings it? You know, I just can't make that connection. For me, I have to know, and that's why going back to me and my CDs, I've started. Uh, my first CD was Big Willie style, 1997. And how many CDs do you have now? Now I have 937. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. 937 yeah, CDs. Yeah. And you keep them. In all, like, in order, right? Okay, you're making me sound weird. No, um, no, it's super cool. Because um, people used to do this with I am very, too. very, you know, if there's one thing, my my prized possession that I have in my whole entire life are my CDs. Um, I have collected them over the years, obviously, and uh, I have them all alphabetized. The reason why is going back to what I was just saying, where I have to know, not only do I have to know um, I feel like I was a producer in a past life, even though producing probably wouldn't have been a thing in a past life. But um, I I have to know the inner workings of everything before the final product. I want to know the producer of that song. I want to know who wrote that song. I want to know any samples that are in that song. So in order, you know, the only way to do that, well, not the only way anymore, but the only way that was for a while was to have the CD itself and look in the book jacket and say, oh, that sampled that song. Then I'd want to go look at that song and hear that sample. I'm still that way. I still, but now they have apps that will do it. You know, so who uh, who sampled is an app. Um, right. Genius will be an app that does that um, and tells you like how this song was built. So even though um, 
so like I said, being being the final product isn't always what I'm about, even though that's what I have a lot of. I'm if if I could be anywhere in the world, heaven to me would be being in a studio where you're somebody's making music from dust, from nothing, um, and seeing how something uh, starts at just an idea and become and comes to fruition is is that's what I'm all about. If I could just stay in that setting my whole life, there's nothing better for me. Um, so learning, having these CDs and learning all this, and, and I'm educating myself as well. So I'm seeing, you know, there's been a lot of times where I've heard a song that, a, a good example is Coolio, Gangster's Paradise. Um, huge song in 95, yeah. 96. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was sampled from a Stevie Wonder song. Right. So I went back and heard this Stevie Wonder song and it almost ripped off Gangster's Paradise because it was it was almost a, almost the replicate of it. So let me ask you this: uh, Do you have Sirius XM Radio? I do. Okay. Do you ever listen to Rock the Bells Radio? I do. Okay. I do. And they always do salute the sample. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that yep. so cool? I right? love that. I and love then that. They flip that shit yep. like this, yep. right? Yep. You know, yep. and uh, it's so neat how they take you know like they did uh, Common the Light and mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and then they. They play the original and then they yep. play what the sample is. I think that's and fantastic. it's like it's so crazy. So hip hop, since really the early late eighties, early actually even the middle eighties, have been just sampling old music over and over again. And people give P Diddy a hard time. All he does is take shit from the eighties and 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 samples them. Well, shit, man, everybody else has too. And Kanye, Kanye's even worse. Kanye, I don't think he's come out with but an original song. It's not a bad thing. No, I don't think it's it is. It's not a bad thing at all. You're taking something and then you're making it your own. You're bringing it to another generation, Correct. too. Correct. You know, you're bringing it to new people. So Vanilla Ice is one of the first people to do this. Yeah. That was criticized. And he was pop. More pop hip-hop. Right, exactly. Pop-pop, I But either which it. way, but yeah. I mean, it was like, it was so close. He's like, it's different. It's one key. Yeah, and I'm he like, argued yeah, that. And you got your ass sued too, man. Yeah. You know, Rob Van Winkle? Hope, I, I see Knight. you're flipping houses, bro. Suge Knight made sure of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I, I learned this too recently. I don't remember where, but back then when it was first, you know, they, they were, they were put funk, you know, Dr. Dre was very known for bringing funk into yep. it. That's why G-Funk was a thing. Uh, um, so uh, what's his name in California Rub? Uh, Cal- California Rub? California Love. <laughs> California Love. <laughs> California uh, Roger Trotman yes. is in that. Yeah. Yes. So Trotman, he. Yeah. So it, late '80s, early '90s, them using these samples, um, they weren't. They didn't have to give credit at the time. They didn't have to. But that became a thing once hip hop became because right. everybody thought hip hop was just a fad. Nobody really um, was gonna listen to it. It was controversial. It's only like forty um, years old, man. Right at this point, it's, yeah. So that was very, very new to it. But that's kind of where you know the uh, they started having to credit these samples. Right. So then they would get paid some percentage or whatever the case may be. Um, or sometimes they'll do deals, you know, hey, you you let me sample this and, and I'll feature you on another song or something like that. Um, but I, I just, I find fa- a lot of fascination in just learning that stuff and learning, you know, as anybody should, you should research your craft. I've done a lot of research on on hip hop DJs from from the beginning. And um, that's why with the, that Netflix show, The Hip Hop Evolution, it's so cool because Funkmaster Flash is the guy that made, uh, essentially invented the crossfader. You know, so seeing how he just heard something one day, just playing around, and it turned into something, and now you right. don't see a DJ that doesn't have a crossfader. Well, any decent DJ doesn't have a crossfader. Any real DJ. Yeah, right. Um, and going back to the samples, too, I feel like we need to shout out uh, Commandos. 
sample suite. Yeah, he does um, do that. He it's... does that. I think that's fantastic. The only thing I hate that he could thought of it before I did. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, thank you, Commando. Yeah, no, it's super cool that he does these shows. And that guy grinds. He does. He does. He grinds. He does. You know, he's been DJing over 30 years. Um, he grinds. He's got radio shows. He's always doing things for the community. I mean, that guy really yeah. does everything he can to and you can see his career start like he goes up in peaks and valleys and he right well, now most people are doing it that long yeah you know but he's you know he's peaking right he's now at the top he, he's, right do, now, he's yeah. doing really he's doing really good you know Definitely. and uh nasar cooper down at the rewind yeah man i want to get down there yeah. i i, I want to get For down sure. there For like sure. i want to spin i can know i can spin all 80s and early 90s and stuff like that so um you know, yeah, up. there's no reason. Yeah, you know, and and that'll happen. I'm sure I know, that'll happen. That'll I know. Happen. I'm just that'll being happen. patient. Right now, Commando's doing his thing. I know, though, and so I don't want to impede on his spot, right, right, you right, know, right. or anything like that. Right. Uh, you know, so we, we get respect. So I just want to go back to like, um, you know, like back in the early '90s, I was listening to a lot of hip hop, and I grew up on '60s and '70s classic rock, you know, with my mm-hmm. dad and everything, mm-hmm. and. Um, I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. But then I started getting into this hip-hop. My dad, he couldn't understand it. He still doesn't understand it. And I told him, I said, you know, this is going to be the classic someday. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this is what I'm talking about with, like, Doggy Style and Warren G.G. Funk Era. Those oh, yeah. albums, you know, Jeez, The Chronic. Huge albums. The Chronic, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, now it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's the classics. It's like that was when hip-hop was really good. You know, Notorious B.I.G., Ready to Die. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Life After Death and... All these things in the in the early '90s, mid '90s, um, Beastie Boys was killing it. Um, all this stuff, and I was telling my dad, and now I hear Beastie Boys on 100.7 The Fox, <laughs> you know, and I can't wait to hear Snoop and it's Dre. It's kind of crossed over. It's gonna happen, it's, and it's gonna so because yeah. they're a classic hit station, yeah. not a classic rock station, they're a classic classic hit station. So 100.7 The Fox, I want to hear some motherfucking doggy stuff. <laughs> Let's do some mother. Well, yeah. yeah. What's my motherfucking name? <laughs> yeah, man. There's radio edits of all this stuff. Man, no, and that's crazy because like my kids are 14 and 12. And I let my son listen to, like, Tupac and a little bit of Dre and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he understands that this is the culture that I'm like, I know this sounds kind of weird to you, but I like this. Thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, you can listen to whatever you want. Yeah. But I just want you to know, you know, I told him the whole deal with Tupac and Biggie and the whole West and that, that the whole tragedy. The of history. It. Dude, it was, yeah. it was a tragedy. Yeah. We lost two of the best fucking hip-hop artists ever yeah. because of some bullshit just over some beef that, over nothing that, yeah. you the know fact that it's not even that they were friends before yeah and, and everything it's... else but you listen to those disc records and you're like <laughs> some of the greatest like, disc hit records up. ever hit yeah up hit him up is a fantastic dude, song fire like i would say personally my favorite of all time disc records is ice cube no vaseline oh jesus personally personally <laughs> my favorite one um hit him up is the close probably second or third um, but no Vaseline, and I wasn't, I was who too young you? at the time, but Who Shot You is a great one, too. Well, that was recorded beforehand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. Even, even Diddy's like, mm. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with, with that era of music, of hip-hop, I think that was when it was at its peak, when it was in its purest form, when people finally figured out what hip-hop was gonna be, 
for the future. And it was in its infancy then. And it was it was still new. So it was still, you know, we're talking less than, I would say, pop-wise. Five less years than, earlier, yeah. they were smashing NWA records right, on the right, street. Right, You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so it happened so quick. It did. It did. And now, you know, hip-hop now, like, I respect all the artists out there and everything, but it's just not like it's it It's not the same anymore. It's not about... It's not about the content and the music. It's more about, um, which I can find some type of uh, gratification from, but it's more about how good is my beat? How good is the beat? And you know, it's mumble and you just rap, make, man. And, you, and it's it's yeah, it's mumble rap. Um, well, I will say some of it I really like. Like, there's a guy, a boogie with a hoodie. I really like his music, and he's kind of a mumble rapper. Um. But that's just a personal thing for me. Like I'm not a big Future fan. He has a, a couple a good songs. With a, but a boogie with a hoodie. He's my. Um, I mean, that's that's a great name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's and I, and I think. But what if he doesn't wear a hoodie? I don't know. Then he's, <laughs> he's a boogie a without boogie. a hoodie. <laughs> without a hoodie. A boogie in a t-shirt? Yeah, yeah. But I really like him because uh, I feel like he's more of an artist. Like, he will create the music. He's not just one of those guys that just takes a beat, says I like it, and then puts lyrics on it. Um, mumbling or whatever he's doing anyway. He's. I think he actually helps create the music that he, that he um, ends up... Uh, promoting essentially so do you remember so. music that we we're making like 10 years ago um like when big bang came out that first album yeah, yeah. dude yeah. i mean that was a party freaking album it was it was fun they were huge for for our area especially dude, it was so much you know? fun. i mean they went beyond that but, oh, yeah, but yeah. they were huge but they we, were we had so much fun because like the whole album was like dude this is a lot of fun yeah yeah and the shows were a lot of fun yeah they had a lot of fun with Oh, dude, we, we had so a lot much of fun. fun. With them. And we're going to get Tone and, and Zaya oh, yeah. and Dom. I just saw Zaya last night, actually. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Me and him go way back. He used to come over when I was, I mean, I was probably 12. He might have been 8, 9. I think he's a couple years younger than me. Um, but we used to play basketball in the backyard all the time. His brother, Lacey, um, man, probably the best basketball player I've ever seen. But he was in a, a pretty horrific uh, uh, semi accident. So he he's now he doesn't walk as well he can't move as well. Just recently uh, he was. No, this was no this happened. He was probably I want to say he was a teenager when this happened. Too late or uh, Zaya? Z no, Zaya's brother. Lacey. Oh, I was like, what? I didn't know this. Uh, his older brother is Lacey, okay. and that's who he was more my age. I think he might have been a year older than me, but um, I remember him like I. I promise he probably would have been one of the best basketball players out of this area oh, shit, huh? for a long time. But um, ended up I don't know the whole story, but. Um, I know it was a pretty devastating injury for him. Um, but yeah, we go way back. Zaya and I, you know, it's, it's always, I don't see him as often as I would like we to, had but so much fun but yeah. together. And then seeing him do that, like made me proud, you know, to see that he came and, and came from where we came from Hell of a to, to do something yeah. with it. Yeah. He's got and a I still, new album out right now. Yeah, Did you yeah, listen to I've it? I've been listening to it. I, yeah. I have too, man. Yeah, for sure. Stuff. He's really got a great stuff. voice, man. Yeah, He's he super does. talented, super talented. Yeah. That whole crew was, you yeah. know, they all had their own, they all had their own parts and it came together perfectly. I seen Chuck the other day at the gas station. Did you? And I was like, what's up? And he had a scar in his mouth. He's like, gotta take these kids to football. And I was like, all right, peace. Yeah, we're, it's kind of crazy how different everything just, 10 years and 10 years, yeah, how much, yeah. you know, we're all like family men now. Here's and my plaque all right over there. Yeah, yeah. Big Bang official DJ. Yep. Yeah. We all were, you know, we were also kids then. I mean, you were a little older than, than most of us, but uh, just yeah. a, by a couple years. I was always the old guy. In the but, but even then, but we all were, it was, it was kind of a fun time 
to be doing what we were doing. It happened really quick. And it did. And, you know, I, I scooped up these cats. I had the radio show on uh, on the Chicago station. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you were on there with me. But, yeah. uh, I you know, I found them. I interviewed them on the radio and everything. And then it was like, let's start doing shows together. And they exploded. That like, huge. we blew up all over yeah. the town, man. Yeah. It was so, those, those were a lot of fun. I, you know, I was in my, you know, that was probably my first like year or two in into DJing mm-hmm. when that was they were super big, but um, it we, kind of built me as yeah, as they a, opened a uh, Twisted the first time yeah. I did it with them. Yeah, you in know, uh, 2010 at the Union I, in Iowa City. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the yeah. Union. I brought yeah. you up to that. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Do you remember rolling up in my freaking uh, Tahoe? Mm-hmm. On the 22s mm-hmm. and everything, and like we opened the doors and there's cameras yeah, and everybody yeah. all over the place. That was, was that was that was fun. the first time I had ever met a celebrity, um, or that close. Yeah. Um, we got brought in through the back. But yeah, door and uh, yeah, it was yeah. super cool. Like the, you know, the red carpet treatment, as they say, is what we were, because we were kind of a big deal. You know, I mean, we were the openers. We were the people that kind of set the tone for the rest of the show, and I, I, I don't think twi- I mean. Twister wasn't as personable as I would have liked, but um, you'll have that sometimes. That's just one Dude, of those remember things. Remember, we went to Macy's after we set up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. had to get new shirts and everything. We, <laughs> I did like my outfit that day. I did. I still see the pictures, and but man, you just see how young you were at that I know, time and I how know. how skinny how I was. Just naive, <laughs> you know. Like I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't really know. I was just you know soaking up the moment at the time. But yeah, you know, I didn't really know at that time. I didn't really know what I was, who I was as a DJ or as a performer. Um, you were just hanging out. Yeah, it was just more of a hangout at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was a super cool experience. I remember how many people were there. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got VIP treatment, so that was cool. Um, yeah, one of those one of those things, it's just one of those things that are, will always be embedded in my mind as far as that show was concerned. It was fun, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We've done a lot of those. Yeah, we have. I always wanted to yeah. bring you along because I was like, first of all, you know, you came up, as like my protege, like, yeah. all right, so I got you under my arm. I'm going to make sure I'm going to show you everything that I can about DJing. Yeah. And you have surpassed <laughs> the teacher now because um, you just opened up for the, the Purple Experience uh, last night, and then you did another show right after that. Mm-hmm. The Purple Experience is a Prince tribute show that they had out in Marion. And, uh, you know, the, the promoter, Jeff Johnson, kudos to him. For hit me up about the show, and he wanted me to come out and do this, and uh, I had to do a, a friend's wedding last night that I went to high school with, and uh, to be honest with you, I was like, no other person in the world hmm. can do this, and actually probably should do this from the get go. Is is Tim Fraser G- DJ DJ verbatim? Yeah, man, yeah, man, that stumbled over my own words <laughs> there. But uh, you know, and and you and you killed it last night. Yeah. So tell us about what happened with that, man. Um. So that yeah, that was a uh, quite the experience. No pun intended. Um, was it purple? But they were. Yeah, there was a lot of purple involved. Uh, I had never seen so many. Wearing a purple shirt, so yeah, yeah. I'm a Lakers, a Lakers fan, fan, so it's a, it's a it's a natural thing. Uh, but yeah, that show was really cool. So I, I you know, we had a little uh, have had to do a little bit of maneuvering to make it fit between storms that we were having here in the Marion Cedar Rapids area, uh, but. It worked out perfectly. It couldn't have been any well placed as far as yeah. Some people would complain because of the planning situation. Some people were coming from Minnesota, which is where this tribute band was from. Uh, but they, uh, all in all, 
at the peak when I when I left, I couldn't stay unfortunately for the whole show because I did, as you said, I had a gig I was doing after that. But uh, when I left, it was probably twelve hundred people, if not more. That's crazy. Um, I didn't count them individually, but uh, you yeah, should have. Uh, yeah, yeah, counted just stayed and counted. <laughs> um, used a little clicker that people use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a great experience for me because, as I said before, as far as me personally, I like to see how things uh, work up to being the final final product or the finished product. So I got to be there behind the scenes. I got to see the the, the, the band before they were had their makeup on or their costumes on, and just normal guys usually. And you don't really get that a lot with celebrities. You don't you know they feel like they're better than you or. Or their ego comes into it, but they're not celebrities, and they're, well, they're not. They're they you are. Know? You're right. You're right. Um, but they were fantastic, and I couldn't have asked for um better co-pilots in in this in this gig that we had together. So, um, did he look like Prince? Yeah, that was the thing. He he was short and everything. Short, petite guy. I mean, he was probably five six, maybe. Uh, I think Prince was like five one. Or he might have been a little shorter than that, yeah. but but I but this guy was probably about five six, five seven. Uh, his name's Marshall. If you have a chance to look these guys up, I would recommend if you can make a trip to see him. If you're any type of Prince fan, um, he he does all the years of Prince, the formerly known artists, formerly known as Prince. He does the '80s Prince. He he does all of it. Um, but yeah, he looked just like him. If you look up a picture on, I think they had a, a an event made on Facebook. Uh, and that's what the picture I've been showing people of this band. And you can see him in front, man. He looks just like Prince. You wouldn't know anything. And he sounds just the way he, that's what I kind of found was fascinating about him was not only was he a talented guy, he could play piano. Um, he could play the guitar. He could sing just like Prince. Uh, and I know that's maybe blasphemous to say, but he did sound a lot like Prince. Uh, he, but it was more about, for me, it was more about the behind the scenes stuff. You know, he knew what he needed the mic to sound like or the sound to sound like to make him sound the way he needed to sound. Not, so, yeah. not only for himself, but for everybody else involved too. He, he had an ear for everything. He did. He really did. And that was, you know, and I find, I find that kind of thing fascinating where it's not just him coming up and doing his thing and leaving. No, he took the time to say, I need this tweaked. I need that tweaked. And even when the show started, he was still tweaking a few things um, as far as monitors and things like that, because he just knew how to give the audience the best show. He didn't use IEMs? He had those in, yeah. He had and those in. Monitors? Yep, yeah. He had those but in. There but there were still monitors on the stage? There's still monitors on the stage, too. Because he shit. wanted to be able to, he wanted to hear, um, I mean, he wanted to hear every aspect. He wanted to, he even, there was a time where he said, uh, I want, I can't hear the drummer very well in this. Can you turn it up a little bit? Because he wanted to hear the drummer so or the bass line. Because or the, if you have IEMs, you're getting everything You're hearing piped. all of it. Yeah. Right. So why would you have on stage? Because that reduces the amount of uh, or the uh, for for feedback. Yeah, like the, yeah. the the you know the what am I trying to say here? Like it reduces everything for feedback. Right. Okay. Right. So why wouldn't you? Have I'm not sure. That? I'm not sure. I, I didn't really ask him that. I was kind of in my element, so I was kind of zoned out, just watching kind of how this all worked. I didn't really ask a lot of questions, um, but. It was super cool to seeing because I could knowing with my experience as a DJ and and taking some audio production classes, I could communicate or, or translate everything they were saying. Where a normal person, not to say normal, but uh, somebody that didn't have that education uh, wouldn't know. Right. But but I was just following all of it. And it was just it was just super fascinating just to know that he 
had such a an ear for what he knew the audience would like. And and it, it's different every time because sometimes he might be playing inside, sometimes he's playing outside. And as we know, uh, playing outside is is a different beast than playing somewhere inside. You have to deal with so many more elements of things. Uh, not to say it's any worse or better per se, but uh, it was just fascinating to see how professional on top of his talent that he was. Um, and he, you know, he introduced himself to me. He knew I was a DJ. Uh, or I, I meant I introduced myself as a DJ and he immediately uh, starts liking me just out of that because he knew that I was a part of the show too. So when you met him, what did he first say? Yeah, so uh, so I get there. Uh, he points to everybody and kind of says, hey, what's everybody's role here? And he kind of looks at me first. So I say, hey, I'm the DJ. And, and he kind of smiles. This is DJ, you know? And I had a Purple Rain, uh, the, the a shirt on that had the album of purple rain on it sure and he points at it and he's like purple rain that's awesome and then he says don't play it <laughs> and and in my like immediately i was taken aback by it because who the fuck plays purple rain at a tribute band show show a prince tribute band that's like rule number one you know and but he said it for a reason and he was... said it for a reason because he had had djs doing that before Jesus, where they where really? they played a song that they were gonna play what? And it's, you know, to us, it seems so elementary to know not to do that. But he was probably inexperienced or maybe he thought he could. But the but the dilemma that it puts them in as as this tribute band is you you can't compete with a finished Dude, what the fuck? Why would you ever do that? Right. So I used to open for Two White Crew. Right, right. Which is a, a tribute band to like the 80, uh, late 80s, 90s hip hop, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they would always give me a set list. Don't play any of these songs. Yeah. Okay. And that's good to know because, you know, shit, I'm playing music, you know, yeah, for, yeah. for an hour ahead of time. Yeah. You know, but you, you think you wouldn't have to portray that to an opener of a Prince Church. You would band. You would think, but, but it evidently it's happened to them. And I just couldn't imagine, you know, I'm, I'm chalking it up to the fact that he might have just been fucking inexperienced. Like but the, the guy who did it. Yeah, the guy that would have made that mistake. Uh, or he's a fucking dumbass. But it kind of, like I said, it puts them in a weird position because you're not going to be able. You, now you're competing with the sound quality of a finished product, right. you know, and they're never going to make that sound like that in a live setting. So you're already putting them kind of behind the eight ball, if you will. And I just, yeah, it was just, it was a funny kind of introduction to me and him. But at the same time, then the next thing he does is he grabs this song out and he says, "Hey, you know, I have my own music aside from this tribute band um, that I make, and I want you to." to to download this song. So I did. Uh, and it was a dance version of a song that he had done before. And it was just, it was kind of a song that he just played with. It's called Cougars. Um, check it out on iTunes or, or YouTube or YouTube Cougars. Um, yeah, it's called Cougars. Does it have Cougars in it? It's no. Well, I don't know the video. He doesn't have a video for it, but he's, he should, he wants, he, that's what he's saying. He, he should said, have hot old ladies yeah. and ruthless cats. Well, he's, he was saying, it was funny because at one point he came up to me and he was like, I don't have a, he's like, I want to try to breathe new life into this song. So I made a dance remix of it. And then it, it kind of clicked at it on him that I needed, I needed to make a really cool video for it. And, and so I think that's in the workings. Marshall, then, he, then he also said, then he also said, uh, or I just need a DJ to break it for me. And, and he pointed you, at me. We could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, I'm more than one. I love the song. It's a cool dance song. You should incorporate verbatim yeah. in your music video. Yeah. With hot old ladies. That'd be sweet. Older. Older, older ladies. Yeah. yeah, over 40. And <laughs> ruthless cats that kill people. Oh, well, there's that. Yeah. 
It's cougars. But he he told me the lyrics the lyrics of it are super just funny lyrics. Like he's he's um he's not really trying to tell anything or set a story or set a setting or anything. But it's just a it's a real danceable <clears throat> track and it's so different than his original one, which is more funky, um kind of in the the Prince vein, if you will. Uh but the thing I thought also was fascinated was once he got into character and was we were doing sound check, I had already heard this song. So I had already made sure I knew exactly what was going on with this song, just so I knew when to play it and whatnot. Um, but he he had said that he wanted me to play it for this specific lady that's coming to the show. So it's, it's like super fan of his. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but you'll know. As soon as I played that song, this lady jumps up. She's probably over 40, 50-ish. Um, screams top of her lungs. It's like her jam and gets after it. And yep, just started dancing around to it. And it's a really, really danceable track. So, um, yeah, like I said, shout out him and that whole team of people there. Uh, we they put on a good show. From what I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot of reviews from it. So, uh, I heard you rocked it. Yeah. Well, my job was just to play, or at least I took it. You know, normally you go into something like this with kind of an idea of what you want to play. Um, but I had no clue what type of audience I was. So no have. set list or anything. So I had no set list. So um, you just went in blind and just freestyle. Yeah, I mean, I to be completely honest, I had maybe ten or fifteen songs that I wanted to play at some point, just because I knew they were danceable remixes right. of songs that everybody would know. Um, but for the most part, I played for an hour and a half, so I didn't have so ten songs is probably you know, twenty minutes of fifteen that. songs Fif an hour, is something like that. Yeah. yeah, so about half an hour or whatever. But I didn't play all the whole songs of everything either. You know, I wanted to change it up. But yeah, I kind of find it challenging, and that's kind of part of the fun of of being a DJ, right? Is being able to look out and see what's working with people and keep seeing if if, if what you play works. So that's kind of risky because. You know, at a crowd of that magnitude, you got twelve hundred people out there. You know, five six hundred starting to file in, and uh, you just winging it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's only been a handful of gigs where I've just done that, mm -hmm. or, or where I have not done that, I guess, because every gig I do, I just wing it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't ever have a playlist, and that's kind of how I taught you to teach mm -hmm. to not have a playlist and do it up. Right. Um. So there was like uh, a time where I opened for DJ Pauly D. And Matt Rissy was there yep. with me. And I was Man, like, no, great I need... show. Oh, Matt Rissy. We're going to have him on here. Oh, yeah. We oh, got yeah. to have, have him on. Yeah, for sure. And um, it was one of those times I'm like, I need to have a play playlist. A playlist. <laughs> you guys <laughs> pay me a playlist <laughs> um, because I knew that I had an hour and I knew I had to rock it in this hour. I was the first person on stage. Opening for uh, DJ Polly Shore, <laughs> DJ Polly D, Polly D Shore, yeah. the DJ of Jersey Shore. J yes, <laughs> that guy, DJ Polly Shore. You know the guy with a lot of gel. Yeah, Polly Shore is a comedian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Son-in-law. Yes. <laughs> Great movie. Yes. Funny. Uh, Biodome. Yeah, Biodome. In the army now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 His mom owns the uh, the comedy store in in uh, Los mm. uh, Los Angeles. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if we ever go out to LA, that's definitely a place that I'd love to go to a comedy show. Oh man, I, never like been to that. a comedy. I've been to comedy shows, but never in like LA or yeah, one of those like up and coming like where people come through and then you don't hear about them for another five years and then they're blowing up. Well, we need to go to that'd like, be fun because celebrities just pop in there all the time. Right. That's so what I'm saying. We need to go out to LA that'd just you and I. Yeah. And just fucking get weird yeah. out there. I mean, I've only been there weird. once and it was last year. Right. But I just went to the Walk of Fame because I wanted to see the MJ right. star. 
and the uh, comedy store is on Sunset. So yeah, so can't be. I, I was on Sunset, so yeah. sunset at one yeah, point. Yeah, it's down a little ways. Yeah, but anyhow, um, DJ Polly D, DJ Polly D. <laughs> Can I not say his name? <laughs> D Shore. D Shore. D Shore. Yeah. Um. Anyhow, uh, me and Matt Rissy were were booked to open for him, and uh, the guy can spin. I oh, yeah. can spin He's, a little bit. And yeah. so I was like, I need to have a set list. And then I just rocked this set. I actually yeah. even practiced it before I went out there. Yeah. Um, not like back behind there, like, <laughs> but like, but at home behind the scenes. Um, actually, I, I played it at CRL one night. I was playing there on a, on a Wednesday. Oh, I, and I, I opened. You never told me that. You know, I did it at like nine o'clock when nobody was oh, there. Oh, okay. You okay. know, so yeah. nobody showed up to like 10, 11. Right. Midnight. Usual. And so I just, I did my set in that first oh. hour. And nobody knew. But right. I just wanted to see how it sounded, how I felt doing it fluid. Oh. So there's not many times I've done that. So you went out there in front of all these fucking people, ballsy as hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that you acknowledge that. Um, but for me, it was, you know, the, the difference between your show that you were just mentioning and the show that I was doing was you kind of knew what the crowd, because Polly D is a techno DJ. Yes. So you, Well, he's a party DJ. Yeah, part, okay. Um... So you kind of knew, and you knew Matt Rissy. That's what he does, uh, EDM t- techno DJ. Yep. Uh, with me, all the only limits I had was don't play any prints. Okay. So that's everything. So I still have everything available to me. But what I didn't know was the type of crowd, because I have I originally thought that I was just gonna have uh, the black community being there because that's the majority of Prince's fans. Um, but because this was a free show and a, a family show people were bringing their families so you had to be there. clean so it had to be clean um which nobody ever told me that but i feel like professionalism will it's kind of built in you don't that, have to be that told was a that. good call yeah yeah um <laughs> shout out to me um, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so and that's you know i like i like to challenge myself because I found myself in, a, in kind of a rut for a while there where I was kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. So now I just find a way to challenge myself to uh, to do something like that. Maybe it's risky or whatnot, but I felt comf- comfortable. The only thing I needed to be able to do is mix the songs. And I feel comf- comfortable in that at this point in my career. You're great at it. Well, thank you. Um, all I needed to do was make sure I played songs that hit every pers- type of person that was there so you had kids there you had you know caucasians you had the black people you had um caucasians in iowa yeah what? it's a thing it's a thing what and there's only five percent black people here um <laughs> caucasians <laughs> in iowa uh but yeah you had middle east prince prince's music will unite a lot of different people and it did right. yesterday so i just wanted to make sure i played a song that i saw every walk of life kind of bobbing to and that's what it was a lot of uh you know, I I remember I the one that sticks out of my head. I played Motown Philly, and there was a group of love that. There was a fa- oh great song ABC great BBT. yeah exactly. Um, ba-do-dum, da-da. Uh, another bad creation. But and yeah, great. great is all in there. Yeah, yeah. but play, I played that song, and uh, I saw a group of, of black people that were like pointing up at me from their chairs. They're all sitting down at this point, um, and they're they're uh, pointing up at me like yeah, you know. And so I so I hit them with the poison right after that. Um, cause it kind of fits right in there. Um, they hit him with, uh, a couple other songs, uh, one, two step, I think I put in there as well. And then I went and, uh, changed it up and went to wannabe by Spice Girls. And now you see this group yep. over here that's, that's dancing around and, and list, singing the songs. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I find enjoyment and that's kind of what keeps me, 
alive uh, as far as DJing is concerned. Uh, keeps me. It, does, it makes it so it's not as you know. I feel like if I would have come into this with a set list, how do I know that those songs are going to work? You, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just play. You know, how do you know? And then you know, maybe you play this song at the wrong time, but you have it set up to play the second song. You know, for me, it's just it just it just doesn't work that way sometimes. Well, you deserve it, man. You deserve to be on a platform like this. You've put in your time. You're definitely, in my opinion, one of the uh, one of the best mix masters in the city. Thank you. you. Know? And Thank we you. we have a ton of them around yeah, here. Yeah, we do. We have um, a lot of talent. We have a lot of talent around yeah. here. But you're right up there, man. Like you can go toe to toe with anybody. And and uh, when we played our last show. Um, at cocktails, which we have another one coming up here on July fifth. A yep, couple weeks. Um, yeah, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, I was like, "Damn, you are freaking on point," <laughs> you know. And you're using the tools that you that you bought. Well, you're that, using the, the controller, yeah. and you're using every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm old school. To where I'm <laughs> like, "Hey, as long as I got a hot cue, I'm good." <laughs> like you know, I mean, I'm I'm old school. And, and there's nothing, there's you know. There's pros and cons to both ways of doing it, but, you know, I just wanted to re-energize myself uh, to being a better DJ. You know, I'd look around and, and I'd see DJ NYJ, who was killing it everywhere. Yeah, DJ see, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, super cool. Um, it has has a, sh- a mixed show that he puts out every week on uh, one of the radio stations around here, 95.7. Same with Commando. You know, but you have Commando, speaking of, you know, super talented, been doing it forever. You know, and I... At one point, I just kind of looked up and I said, you know, obviously you are one as well. And I uh, looked up and I said, you know what? I want to be able to be in the same sentence as these guys. So I just kind of went behind the scenes on my own and just started working, um, practicing, you know, experimenting things. Yep. And I'm, I, I've been thinking about maybe put, starting to put that stuff on YouTube. That seems to be a thing now. I think you should um, start your own podcast. Man. Well, and that's going to be a thing too. I will definitely... Um, cause I want to be able to put, and it's not, a, not to sell any, I just want people to be able to listen to my music right. or to my mixes. And so you do a podcast where you talk about something for a minute and then you throw on a 15 or 20 yeah. or a half hour mix yeah. and people can listen to that. And then, so it's like a three hour radio show that people can have in their ear yeah. and they can hear three of your mixes and you talk about something for a little bit. You can have guests on or yeah. you just talk. Yeah. You know, because like a podcast doesn't have to have guests. Doesn't have to. No, no. no that's you know, true. I mean, and I've listened to podcasts without guests and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's like listening to radio. Yeah. And Essentially. It's a new version of radio. It's radios and radios. Trouble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. You that's know, true. Because like podcasts are taking over. Yeah. Know? Same as magazines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Newspapers like, and whatnot. It's just a different world now. It but, is. Um, I definitely. I, I'm gonna be. I want to be a big part of this podcast, obviously. And you're gonna be, uh, and I will be. Um, but we might incorporate some of that in this too. Yeah. I mean, we'll uh, we'll kind of figure it out. But I definitely want to do kind of my own thing, so I can make them, you know, maybe longer mixes or maybe just do a mix for for one that. episode or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's still in my infancy. We've been talking about it a little bit, giving me ideas. I'm gonna make whatnot, like a, we'll... a GXP podcast page. That'd be awesome, right? Yeah. And that way, then we can put everybody's podcast. So if Commando wants to do one, if Skittles yeah. wants to do one, yeah. if NYJ wants, to which do they'll be a part podcast, of this too. Yeah, of course. But if they want to have their own podcast, then we can have links yeah. to it. Yeah, we'll all and have jump off points. Yeah, I think that'd know? be awesome. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, why I, not? You know, it's, it's the way the world's kind of moving now. I mean, how many different podcasts are out there? Millions, five hundred million. You know? Yeah, there's a or lot of them. Five hundred thousand. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably five hundred thousand. Yeah, five hundred um, million. <laughs> 
which is not <laughs> breaks I mean, the internet. No, to be honest with you, it's not far to believe because there's 7.3 billion right. people. Right. So 500 million podcasts really is. It's not out of. The but I think it's like 500 thousand in the United yeah. States. So I mean, there's a lot of them out there, and yeah. they're all a little different in their own way. And I feel like I have something that I can give. To the podcast we community. We have 300 million people so, in the United yeah. States. Right? Who knows? You so just never know. That's what I think is cool about it is you I start know. it from this thing and then you put it out on the internet and whatever happens, happens. In, and you let people know and yeah. then it just grows. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's why I like having people like you on because this is super interesting stuff. Yeah. That we like to talk But we about. all have different perspectives too, you know. As we talked about earlier, I came into the digital DJ. You know, that's, that's all I know. Um... Which, like I said, doesn't mean that I'm any less of a DJ than anybody else. It's just, it's just like you know the hip hop we were talking about. You had the guys that were sampling everything, and now you have guys that maybe make their own original stuff uh, as far as beats and whatnot. Um, so it's it's just it's just we all have our different niche and everything. Yeah. So, and I I just want to. I feel like I have something to give, and I want to be able to you do that. You definitely have something to give, so, Tim. That's for sure. I yeah. mean, you you're. A, great dj to watch thank so you if you've never been to one of verbatim shows like make him a household name because <laughs> you're on your way to it yeah you definitely. know i mean shoot man I, I was in the game over 10 years before anybody right. knew who i was right you know what i'm saying and i made myself known because i self-promoted i made these mm -hmm. discs i put in the time i did all this stuff i handed them out to people i handed them out iowa city cedar rapids everywhere yeah, in between in chicago work. everything <laughs> yeah, you know for sure and i had you know several different mixtapes go out and i made brian lee a household name yeah. and then i dj'd every fucking gig that i could get my hands on. <laughs> every fucking every day <laughs> dude i was djing five six seven nights a week sometimes yeah. you know and now I'm like, all right, you know, I'm I'm approaching 40, and I'm like, I I'll DJ. Yes, I love to DJ still, but I love hanging out with my kids more. Right. Well, I do. You know, there's and very few things for a DJ that gives you that same rush. And I could imagine like being with kids, dude. especially in the ages that they're at now. Yeah. So it, I, I'm in the same boat. Um, I mean, uh, I'd probably still pick DJing. You're so, <laughs> you're a dad. But, yeah. You know, you're a dad. Yep. Whether you say it or not, you are. Yeah. yeah. You know, Not um, biologically, but... No, but you're a stepdad. All other And you're a hell of a great yeah. stepdad. Well, thank you. You know, you. and you're, you're always at his games, and yeah. he loves you, and yeah. uh, you guys have a great bond, and yeah. that is amazing. So you know what it's like to be a dad. Definitely. Um, and sometimes making those choices, like, man, there's times where I'm like, I have my kids and I have to DJ a wedding or DJ an event. And I'm like, I don't want to do this because I'd rather hang out with them. But on the other hand, I have to do this. Yeah. You know, and that's, that is the catch 22 of this, you know. So I don't know if I ever told you the story, but uh, when I was on the radio uh, broadcasting to Chicago, uh, when I was on 107.3 VIP yeah, and yeah, we're yeah, on that and everything, yeah. uh, I was looking at apartments in Chicago. Because I was going to move there during the week because I was spending so much time there. Remember, I was driving. Yeah, there two, you're always driving there. Two, three times a week yeah. I was there and coming back. And my kids were young. I mean, they were like four and one, mm -hmm. three and one, four and they one, one and a half. Yeah, they were super young. And uh, my son, who was like four years old, I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to move to Chicago. I'm going to keep the house here. And then I'm going to have an apartment in Chicago, and I'll come back on the weekends and see you guys. And he goes, well, what if I need, what if I need you during the week? And I was like, well, no, I'll be back on the weekends. He's like, I know, but. And then I and I thought to myself, shit, man, I'm chasing a dream when I have a family. 
Yeah. And the next day, I called my station director and put in my two weeks. And that's when I quit. Because hmm. I was like, what am I doing? I don't know if you ever did tell me that. No. I, don't, I don't know if I ever I knew how that stopped. You know what's funny? But is that like several years later... You know, I told my son that story because he doesn't remember it. You know, right, but right, I was of course. Like, you know, I, I I quit because I realized, yeah, you put that in my head. And I was like, what am I fucking doing? Right, right. Like, I'm, I'm still trying to be famous when I have kids. And, and I have time to be famous later. Yeah. I have time to try to be famous later, as, yeah. as what I meant. Yeah. But and, you don't have time with your kids. Right. You know? You and have, uh, can't miss time. There was one time Xander got mad at me about something. And he was like, I wish you would have just moved to Chicago. I screwed everything up for you. Oh, no. And I was like, buddy, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's just because tough. we got in a little tiff? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we don't ever fight. Me and my kids never fight. Yeah. But there was one time he got mad. And he told me that. And I was like, bro. That's tough. Bro. <laughs> bro. It wasn't your decision. Yeah. It was mine. And I don't regret any day of it. Right. Like. There was a point in time where I was on the up and up. Yeah, oh yeah. I was oh yeah. skyrocketing, yeah. and my kids are way more important. As they should be. As know? they should Which... be. But some people don't make those choices. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh, that's where I was just like, well, I don't regret a single day of it or any of it. I think so, it would have worked well for you either way. But no, it wouldn't have because I want to be. But you would have to do work in the back end on the kids. Yeah, and, and you would have missed some. And stuff. I would rather do work on the back end right. of my career, right? Right. Then work on the back end with the right. kids because we are so freaking tight. Yeah. Like me and my kids, you have great kids. are like homies. Like yeah. we text every day. We we, we talk <laughs> smack to each other. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, dude, there's this level of respect right. that we have that is this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know? you have you have great kids, uh, hands down. And everybody says hands they down. do, but well, yeah, my kids are fucking that's true. great kids. That's true. It's like every kid really says they're kids. they're like for for Chase, uh, he's a great baseball player, and you'll have kids or parents say, "Oh, their kids are great at sports, or their kids are this." Um, but then you see them play, and it's like, really? And for for Chase, he's really good. It's just. It's it's a tough it's kind of a catch twenty two because he's a young kid he's thirteen, um, and for me I I grew up I'm the oldest of ten, so wow I always had a super competitive mindset like I can never let I remember getting in trouble as a young kid a lot of times for getting mad at my siblings because they beat me in basketball or something because I was just so competitive I couldn't let my my siblings beat me in anything, um, and then when Chase came in. When I came into Chase's life, he was three, just about turning four, and I still had that man mindset. You know, at this time I'm twenty, about twenty five, and I'm still ha- I still have this mindset like, no, when you're playing, you need to play to win. You know, and it took Lisa, my girlfriend, to tell me, no, this is it's about him having fun at this age, um, and and I learned that, and now that he's older, it's about winning. He's about winning. It's not even me anymore. You know, he wants to win. So that that's my, okay. Now we're in it. You know, now now I want to win too. You know, so and I love that. Now now our bond has gotten even stronger because now he knows that I'm in his corner. Like regardless, I don't care, you know, what we're doing. I know that you want to win and I can help you do that. Um so it's 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 it fits me this age that he's at. I know it breaks Lisa's heart, but um 
because she wants to see the little boy again, you know, the cuddly little He's boy. Gone. That's gone. That's not a thing anymore. Anytime, you know, Time Hop or something shows her a picture of him when he was four or five, she just, you know, almost gets gets emotional. But this is, you know, I'm not saying I didn't like the years before. I missed the, the bad years, the years that I would have chosen to, to, to miss, the the pamper chasing, changing and, and crying and waking up all night. And shout outs to her. She did that pretty much all by herself. Um which makes me respect her even more. Uh, but now it's my turn for, for Chase. You know, now now he's in my territory. And, and kudos for her for, for giving you that opportunity. Yeah, she really did. She really did. I couldn't really, you know, he's, them two are kind of the spark of my life. You know, I have music as well, but it starts with them. You right. know, that's home. So uh, they, you know, I want, and I'm this might be the first time I'm ever saying this. I think I've told Lisa before, but... I want to be able to DJ his his prom, or if he wants to, I'll teach him how to DJ, to to DJ his prom. Um, but I think you know now I'm kind of connected with all his friends, and they're all going to be growing up in the Prairie uh, School District uh, and going to Prairie and whatnot. I think that would be so cool. Yeah, I know I ran into him at so, the game a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, at the River Games. And, yeah, uh, I didn't realize I was walking with uh, my kids, and, yeah. and all of a sudden he was just right there, and he's like, "What up? What up, Brian?" Yeah. What up? What up? What up? What up? Just like <laughs> that, and I was exactly like, how he, he sounds too. Sounds just like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and I was like, hey man, you know. It's and, crazy, you know, and you can relate to this, and any parent that's listening to this can relate to this. But when you're when you see your kids often, you don't really see a difference. It's gradual, right? But if, if somebody else, somebody that doesn't see them in six months, eight months, ten months, twelve months, like Chase, this this last year. He's grown so much. Yeah. And I only know that because I've looked back at a year ago and his voice is a little higher. You know, now he's now he talks, he has a deeper voice than I do. You know, he's just a grown, you know, he's grown little becoming man. Becoming a man. Now. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just crazy. What is he, 13? He's 13. Yeah. So he'll be, he just turned 13 in February. I shouldn't say just, but it was a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, so Xander's but just a little, a little over a year he's older. He's a year, than, yeah, about yeah. a year. A grade older. And it's like, it's funny because Xander's... Hasn't hit that. Yeah, he still has yeah. like such it's a baby. Face yeah, he still has a baby face. He's, his but voice other, hasn't gotten deep yet. Yeah, but he's 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 right there, like everywhere. Else. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, uh, intellectually especially. Dude, he's, he's all over the place. And I, what I love, what I admire about him is, and I almost wish I had the opportunity. And this is a testament to parenting and, and grandparenting. Um, but he his his ambition is something that I you don't see a lot in, in somebody that young. Um, you know, unless, like, I was watching the NBA draft the other day, a huge NBA fan, obviously. Uh, but you, there was a kid that got drafted within the first five or six picks, and they were telling his story, as they always do. If you watch the NFL draft, it's kind of similar to that. Uh, but he was saying from the age of nine years old, he was he would get up at 5 a.m. and do shooting drills. To have that discipline at that age is just crazy to me. I know. You know, most people are worried about when their next Twinkie's coming. Yeah. You know, and this guy is thinking about a future, um, and that maybe that's parenting as well. And some people would be against doing that. You know, it's just all different. But with with Xander, not only is he ambitious, but he he dabbles in a little everything. Everything. Everything he has his hand. Dude, in. he gets up at five forty-five every day. And goes to the school and lifts. Goes lift, right. That's see, goes that's that's awesome. That's so awesome. Dude, and you know, he's a little guy, he's only 110 pounds. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. And, and he, but he's like, that's all right. I'm like, you're going to get your height. Don't worry. You're going to grow and yeah. you're going to, he'll be one of those kids that'll never, ever have to really work out. And he's always, just he's just going to always have that. He's going to be, ripped, I thought I was that too until like I Jesus. got 30. Yeah. I was never <laughs> like that. I was oh. skinny and then I'd get kind of pudgy and I'd get skinny and oh. pudgy. And then I worked out a bunch and, uh, freshman, sophomore year and I was mm-hmm. in pretty good shape. And then, mm-hmm. Fuck! Look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to hit the uh, elliptical for a half hour every day. But it's good to do that. I let's mean, let's so not joke that. anybody. It's fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just like to tell people that it's longer than that. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm coming clean. I hit it for fifteen minutes, five days a week, to get enough to get a good sweat in. Right. And uh, that's just a different. It's different when. You know, and obviously I'm not Chase's biological dad, but I've been fuck biological. Been, yeah, man. that doesn't matter. If if anybody's You've been w- there listening longer to this, than I mean, anybody that has. doesn't that doesn't biologic blood doesn't make family. Blood doesn't make fathers. Um, n- nothing. I and I had to learn that for a while, but uh, that that like I said before, he him and and Lisa are like a spark. You know, they make me want to do everything that I've been able to accomplish, and without their support and and that's why I feel like it's my obligation to support them in whatever they do as well. And, you know, it seems seems to be blase, blase or same old, you know, but not everybody's capable or willing to do that. And that's the give and take in, in any type of relationship that you have. You guys have gone through a lot and then you've always found your way back to it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think everybody that's that's had any type of relationship with anybody has gone through things, even as friends. You know, I've gone through things with some of my friends. We do or don't come back and, and figure it out. Um, and I think that's what makes you stronger in all actuality. Uh, you know, me and you have had issues, not, nothing crazy. Yeah, but, we've never been like, I don't want to talk no, to this guy again. No, but yeah. we've always been able to just talk, talk it out and find a happy medium for both of us and, and go from there. You know, we were just having a talk yesterday and it was, uh, you know, not to get into detail, but it was a situation where, I think it was Friday. where, oh yeah, it was, you're right. Um, but, but we've always had that respect for each other to be able to talk it out. And I think, uh, that goes back to our, just our foundation, Correct. you know, as, as friends. So what I love about you is that you're not scared to talk to me. No. Like no. some people are, you know, that, you know, or, are friends or mm-hmm. people I do business with and so forth. Mm-hmm. are like, you're an intimidating person. I'm like. How am I intimidated? Yeah, no, yeah. but you've never looked at me as that. You're like, no, listen, I got to talk to Brian about this. And yeah. Here's how I feel, and then you know that I'm going to take your feelings into consideration mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. I didn't look at it that way. Or here's how I feel about it. Or here's what I feel the solution is. What What do you feel your solution is? Right. You know, and I think we've always had that common ground. Yeah, it's never been an issue. You know, and I think that's kind of a lot of times that's what splits friendships is you know especially with us we went from being friends to being business partners you know and once you bring money into the situation uh unfortunately that will break some friendships sure and uh, most friendships to be completely honest um but for us it's never been that it's never been it's never been you know there's been there's always been that mutual respect and i think that's why we've made this so successful and and you know, yes, you own the company, but I feel like I have some ownership in it too. Absolutely. You know, even though it yeah. may not say that in the books or whatever, but uh, I feel like, you know, GXP is just as much mine as it is yours. If something would happen to me tomorrow, 
I would just assume that you're going to pick up and and continue on. And I, that would be exactly what I would do. You know, and that's you know, and, and, and my family knows that too. Yeah, They'd for be sure. like, all right, for sure. Unless Xander's twenty something years old and he's like, wait the fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah. Know, Maybe we'll to, do partners. Then. Men have to fight him for it. <laughs> and at that point in time, I don't know if he'd want to. But uh, we'll but, see. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if music or. Like, I know you have always had a thing for music. Hey, I don't always, expect him don't to know. do anything except for what he wants What's to he, do. Of course, of course. You know what I'm course. saying? So I'm like, dude, if you, because he's like, I want to work for GXP. I love the work that you do. It's so interesting to him. Like, doing the lighting and special effects for the uh, River Kings. He's like, dude, that's neat. You know what I'm saying? Like, to yeah, be behind the scenes and all this stuff. Right. Like, you get all this access, Dad, right. and you don't think of it as anything. And I'm like, no, it's just my work. I got to work. Like, but as a 14-year-old kid, he's like, oh, he's going to cool. school and being like, look what I yeah. got. All access passed. Right, right. You know what I'm right. saying? And the kids are like, how the hell? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just, with him, I just don't, I see him being more like video, art, Kind of, I don't know if I see him like being the Who musician, knows? Who knows? you know, but you don't know. It's, that's yeah. the cool thing about kids. He could be a kids. lawyer. He could be a doctor. Yeah, anything could happen. You know, I mean, he's he's got a great head on his shoulder, and that's so does my daughter. Yeah. And they can do. do whatever they want. Yeah. Like, I don't push anything on him. Like, he's like, I, I want to learn how to DJ. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. We'll take it how it is. I'll show you, but I don't expect you to do this. Right. Like, to be honest with you, I really don't want him to have the life that I do. Like, I work my ass off. I do a lot of physical labor. At 37 years old, right. that a lot of 37 year olds don't do because I chose this profession. Because that's yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I want, you know, this life isn't glorious. That's why I don't show it to you. Right, right. You know what? What I do, okay, as a DJ, everybody thinks that I freaking run around spinning records, fucking Meeting tons of money, and money celebrities, yeah. and fucking bitches and shit. <laughs> like, okay, first of all, all that has got me. It's a bunch of bullshit. I got two great kids out of it. It's the two best thing. Other than that, I pay eleven hundred a month of child support. I fucking spin my ass off and everything else. And then I have to lug in equipment. I gotta pay security. I gotta pay my DJs. I gotta pay my web hosting. I gotta build all. That. I have to do everything. Yeah. I am everything for GXP. Mm-hmm. I do everything. Answer all the emails. I take care of the web page. You know, even even doing this stuff, I love it. I love it. But right. still, I am working my still ass work. off. Still work. Still work. You know what I'm that. saying? Like everybody sees sees the glorious parts, right. and only the parts that I put out there on social media. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they they look at the pictures I just posted the other day or yesterday for that wedding and the uplighting. Holy cow, that looks amazing, dude. That took me a fucking an hour to get yeah, that. Right. Just an hour to get yeah. that right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. take those pictures and it looked great. But that's the thing about social media is that. People only put out what the, they want people to see. The top two percent of their what's life actually yeah, really is yeah. happening, and so you got to understand as a DJ man, I've been doing this since 1995. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, tired. I, I gotta. You know, when when people blow up speakers and and equipment gets broken, and I got constantly got to upgrade equipment and make sure I have everything, and then PR and PR and PR. Mm-hmm. I'm always promoting and this and that. People don't understand how much that takes. Oh, by the way, I work for Collins Aerospace at third shift <laughs> just to make sure that I have enough money to take care of to everything, everything else. else. Yeah. yeah. And and people just look at the, the, the you know, if you look at an Apple, right, 
man, their skin is all nice and red and shiny, <laughs> right? But the core is something that everybody throws away, mm-hmm. and that's what make is what makes the entire apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, that's and, and people don't realize that. Well, I mean, when you I, do. You understand well, it. It's funny because when I first became a DJ, I was one of those people. Like when I I remember seeing you at Tailgate, is a, a local place here in Cedar Rapids. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I I saw you DJing, and at this point, you know, I had seen you DJ quite a few times. You were like my go-to DJ anytime I, me and my friends wanted to go out. I was you know 22, 23 at the time, so going out was legally was new. Um, but all I would see is you up on the stage having a doing good your time. thing. Everybody having, having yeah. fun. I never saw the setup. I How never much saw... it took to get all that shit right, in there? Right, All the lights, all the, make sure that... To make the, the videos work? Right. You know how I had to finagle that? Yeah. Like, oh, especially in I there. Had, especially had, in there. I had to do all that. Yeah. I had to wire everything up. So I spent hours upon hours making sure that music videos happened. Would work. At Bricks. Remember the yep. fucking oh, yeah. lines we had to tie it? Because Jeez. Of, yeah, but dude, look at all. Nobody knows any Yeah, of that you don't stuff. see that. And I didn't either. You right. know, I thought being a DJ, oh, I didn't think that I, just I would be the one. I showed up and I played. Yeah, I, I didn't think... Yeah, I didn't think I would be the guy that had to bring in the equipment. I didn't think that I would be the guy that had to promote. I didn't think I would be the guy that, you know, I just thought Set I'd be the lighting, guy that, that just stuff. hooked up my computer and went. And, you know, but no, there's a lot Some more to DJs it. Some DJs are like that because everything's set up for them. Yeah. And I wanted to get to that point, but, you know, in this, with the family I had and this market and everything. It's I was going to say, this market doesn't really allow. We don't really have clubs. So I got to be the here. setup guy. I got to be the teardown guy. So I'm the first person there. I'm the last person to leave. Yep. Usually, you know, people always say, "Man, like, how many weddings have you done?" I'm like, 780 some weddings I've done. Mm-hmm. Right? It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, almost 800 weddings in 24 <laughs> that is, years. That is yeah. Nuts. And think about this. They're like, "Man, how many bridesmaids have you taken home?" And I'm like, "None. None. That's because not I'm the first person there. I'm the last person to leave. I don't give a shit. Who's gonna how wait? Drunk the bridesmaid yeah. is, or the guest, or whatever. They're not gonna wait for an hour for me to fucking Just tear down my gear. Yeah. Because I need to do that." I need to tear it down, get it in my car, done. and then I'm going to go bang you after I'm also... Fuck that, dude. Yeah. It never happens. It's yeah. never, it's not a thing. ever, ever happened. You see it in movies, but it's not, it's not real. It's not real. But it's that's that's real. the glamorous thing that you're talking right. about. And people think it's that. just all that, but now, it's not. Now, there's been like girls that are like I've gone out and danced with and stuff. They're like, will you dance with me? Sure, I'll dance with you. And that's it. That's as far as it's gone. Yeah. Because by the time I'm done with everything, they're like, we, the, we want to go. And I'm like, well... I have an hour. I still got work to do. I got, yeah. (laughs) My day hasn't ended Yeah, like last night, it was like, usually I get done with the wedding at 10 o'clock, you know, like I did last night. I'd be out of there by 10.30 max. It was almost 11.30 because I had to tear down all the uplights and my photo booth and everything else. And then I had to get it all out of there. Get it all out. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And then load it all up and then I had to take it to where I store it and store it all. And then by the time, it was like quarter to midnight. So there's another two hours. Like, people don't think, you get how much for a wedding? Yeah, mm-hmm. you get a lot of money for a wedding. But you got to understand, there's 20 hours I have into it by, by it's all by said time, and done. Yeah. So at that point in time, I'm like, I'm making like 80 bucks an hour. Yeah. You know? And they're like, that's still really good. I'm like, I've been doing this 24 fucking years. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> But that's partly the market too. You know, we just aren't in a market yeah, where people can spend. Yeah, and there was time I didn't, I didn't get paid. I got paid dollars. twenty dollars an hour. Right, right, you know, right. And so it's just, it's been a progress. It's gradual. Yeah, yeah. And so it is. You know, you're seeing this now. You're like, all right, dude. There's a lot of work that goes into a wedding, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, you weddings know? are. So the six hours that they pay you for, 
So there's an hour of setup, hour of teardown. So that's eight hours. And then you got to meet with them. And, and that's at least another hour and a half, two hours. So that's 10 hours. Um, and then the whole part where they contact me and I email back and forth. You got to download music and everything else, 15 to 20 hours. Prepping. Least, oh yeah, at least, wedding. at least. All the stuff. I agree. That. And people don't understand that. They only see the six hours that you're there. You know, well, I'm, they you only know, see I'm, that. I'm paying you twelve hundred for six hours. I'm like, if you're professional, if you've already set it up before people are starting coming in, that is. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's been some weddings where I've been to where I'm I'm a guest, which I suck at being a guest at a wedding. Now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've always sucked at being a guest. Well, yeah, as a DJ, I I had never been to a wedding, um, until. Uh, I was I started DJing. Really? Yeah, never been to a wedding. Oh shit! So my so first wedding you, was one that I probably DJed. No, that you came to me. Well, you, you yeah, shadowed, yeah, you yeah. Shadowed. Yeah. Um, I consider that. I was gonna say you same shadowed. Thing. Yeah, I shadowed you for a few. So weddings, that was probably yeah. the first one I had ever yeah. been to. Um, my, yeah, my parents like an actual, real wedding. My parents got married in the courthouse. So and I don't even know if I was there. Um, I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, that was my first wedding. Or those were my first weddings, and then now I realize I just suck as a guest at a wedding because I'm criticizing everything. Everything. Um, and you probably relate. Lighting. Yeah, everything. Food, um, setup. Right. The microphone. The, the the guy's using. The DJ's using, or the way he's using it, or what he's saying, or you know, just I've had a lot of, and you obviously have too. But when you get a friend that hits you up for a wedding, they'll either give you the ultimatum, or not necessarily ultimatum, but they'll give you an option. Do you want to be a guest or do you want to DJ? I'm going to go ahead and DJ because if I'm a guest, I'm going to wish I was DJing anyway. Yeah. So it's it's never, uh, it's it's always a thing that it really sucks being a guest for but us. But we want you as a guest because you're going to have so much fun. Motherfucker, no, I won't. Yeah. No, yeah. I won't. It's, it's, it's impossible. I mean, no. yeah. Especially eventually, if, maybe, but only, once you get drunk enough. Only if if I have one of my DJs there. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like, yeah. And you hated me being a guest at one of the, your weddings, you DJ, because you're like, Brian's out there, motherfucker. Oh, my God. He's judging everything I do. And now you'd be like, like, you did my sister's wedding yeah. last year. You're like, Pfft. I'm yeah, good. and I was like, I know he's good. Like, I I wasn't worried about shit. Yeah, I, that know. was always those were always the most high pressure. You know, weddings in their nature are high pressure, fucking high pressure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but having you out there at those weddings, the few that that you were out there for, um, yeah, it adds to it because now you're you're performing in front of your teacher, you know. So it's it's so it's added pressure to it. Um, but it also, and that's, that's kind of the catch 22 of it is it also makes you a better DJ because now somebody that is teaching you is taking notes and going to fill you in on what you can or can't do better, um, or what you did good or, or whatnot. So, and that's another thing that goes back to us as, as friends is we've always been able to do that. Right. You know, that, that constructive criticism, because we both are after one thing and that's just to be. The better best. DJs the and best. be and be the best company, yeah. um, and I feel like we're being very successful at doing that. I agree with you 100. Yeah, for pounding sure. me on that because sure. you know when I did that photo booth at the at Gavin and Lindsay's wedding, and uh, you know I came back and I said, "Here's my notes." Yeah, from what I heard, mm -hmm. but they the, nothing was bad. I was like, "Ah, just do a couple more slow songs." Yeah, yeah, and uh, just watch your volume control and. The mixing worked at this event, but some weddings you got to be careful. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah, you it's know, it's it's sometimes better off just to fade into the next song, fade into the next song. Like, nope. 
nine times out of ten, like people aren't paying you to. That's to, not what it's to, really to about. DJ, to show off you, yeah. To like actual. Mix, they just want to hear the mix. right songs at the right time. Correct. At the ultimate. And that's ultimately. all they care about. But that's what you know. Weddings are. The way we built our weddings, they're super customizable. So, so we can we can tweak every. You know, you're never gonna go to a Generation X if you've been to one of my weddings. You're never gonna see another one like that. If anybody's been to your weddings, you're never gonna see another no, one like that. They're all different. Um, and that's in general in weddings. Period. Not just because you're 100 percent unique. Yeah, we we cater, or we we customize our weddings specifically to that bride and groom. Yeah. Usually the bride, uh, but <laughs> that's because she's the one that ultimately makes the decisions. As from our, from my experience at least, um, but it's it's also, and I was I was saying this to somebody the other day. The biggest thing for me, I love doing weddings, but it took me a while to get into them because I realized the gravity of the day. Um, I realized how big of a day that is to somebody. You know, like I said, this this is my first introduction into wedding. Period. You know, I'd never been to a wedding until I shadowed you in a few. Um, but the the thing that I want. The thing that I justify my success on a wedding is if if I see somebody 10, 15, 20 years down the road at Walmart or something and they come back to me and they, they recognize me and say, hey, you rocked that wedding I was at years ago. Boom. Like, that's it for me. You know, you may not get the gratification right away. Some, most times you do. Most times you'll know. Um, but that's kind of what I do it for. Um, and weddings are really the only thing. Bar gigs, you're not going to really get that stuff. I mean, yes. You can tell. Here and there, you can tell. Um, but, you know, most people are drunk and, and, you know, whatever. So they don't take the time out to come or and say, hey, you did a great job. realize what's going on. Right, right. You may hear about it the next day or maybe see on Facebook that somebody said, hey, I had a good time when I was out here. But weddings are, are if usually instant gratification. You know, usually the bride of the or the father of the bride will come up and say, hey, you did a good job. She had a great time. Sometimes it's the bride and the groom that do it. Um, but that's kind of why, uh, that's why I'm still doing it. You know, that's why I'm still doing this. So a point that we always put on when we talk to our bride and groom that has already booked with us or we're trying to get them to book a wedding is, is we emphasize on the fact that people come to weddings for three things. To say congratulations, eat your free food and drink your free beer and leave. Yeah. And we want to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. And so nobody's going to remember your centerpieces, your decorations, right. your venue, even your food. That's what I was going to say. They're going to remember... If they had a good time. The reason why they come and the reason why they remember it are two different things. Because we stayed and we had a blast and yeah. DJ was great. He played great. You're music. always going to remember if because you had a good time at a wedding. how many times do people say, I went to this wedding, but the DJ sucked. Oh, man, he was bad. Oh, dude. And you're never going to hear that with the GXP no, DJ. No, ever, no. ever. The time the time we put into it and the talent that we, we have behind us, uh, you're just not. You're just not going to ever hear anything bad about any of our weddings. Um you know, and I can go for, I mean, obviously we deal with technology, technology fails sometimes, um, but that's why when, when our preparation, we're going to get there early enough to be able to, Make to sure figure all that stuff yeah. out before the show actually starts. So that's just the professionalism that we have. So when, you know, one thing that bothers me so much is, is somebody that will come up with, you know, asking about weddings and they want to be as cheap as possible on the DJ. It's always right. the DJ. And it's like the two things that, you know, and call me biased if you if you want to, but I think everybody would agree when I say the two most important people in that day, I've, other than the bride and the groom and guests, are your photographer and your DJ. Because the DJ is going to make the memories, and the photographer is going to remember them. Going to make you remember. They're, they're yeah. going to they're going to they're going to help you remember them. 
So catering's right up there too because you need good food. You have to have good food. I get that, but that's more of a in the moment kind of thing. Right. You know, right. you're not going to remember that you had roast beef at that wedding that's five years ago. Hundred percent. Or I love their mashed potatoes at that wedding. You you're know? right. Yep. You're, um, yeah, you're hundred percent right. And and I know I'm saying that as a DJ, but even if I wasn't a DJ, I could put myself in in the shoes of just somebody that's just being a guest and say, you know, yes, I had a great meal, you know, today. But 10 years down the road, man, I had a great time at that wedding. Right. Or, or you know, time hop or Facebook memories or right. something and will show you that. that's why the photo booth is, is... Huge. Yeah, it's huge. huge. Yeah. Exactly. Because people take those, they put them on the refrigerator. Yeah. Or they upload them to Facebook. Yeah. You know, they take a picture of them, they put them on Facebook. And, and, and the bride does. and the groom will take the USB that they get and... Make a scrapbook or whatever. send them to whoever. You know? Yeah, send them out. So like, they have individual huge. pictures and they have the strips. Yeah. So they yeah. have both. So like just individual pictures. They can do whatever they, they want with those. With them, yeah, know? I'm sure they're, they're going to hang, hang up some of the pictures in their Dude, house. And, do you know how many you know? nasty boobs and butts I've seen? From the photo booth? Because it saves Oh, because my, it saves it, it all. It saves to my hard drive. So I go back and I go through all the pictures <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Why can't In your mind, you're like, why? Yeah, I was about to say. hot chick. Why is it always a nasty one? It's always like there, there's a handful of, of pictures of boobs down there, right? Yeah. And hey, man, anybody listen to this? Don't be envious. Like it's nothing like. <laughs> Sounds glamorous, dude. But... I really want to see those. I'm like, I'll show them to you. But... You can't see that. <laughs> you can't see it. It's exactly it, dude. And I'm like, why do the nastiest people are like, I'm gonna put these out? And I'm like, I wish my, <laughs> wish my fucking photo booth to be like, I don't order. I don't want to. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not doing this. Sorry, I don't know. So why I'm like, I've got mad at the photo booth, and I'm like, you fucked me up on this. You didn't even tell me. You didn't even fucking tell me. Asshole. That's good. That's asshole. Funny. That's funny. I mean, yeah. yeah, you asshole. You fucking photo booth is an asshole. <laughs> but I do think that I do think what the photo booth does is it adds another element to our to our weddings. It gives that, it gives people something to go home with. Yeah, yeah. They put it on the fridge. Yep. You know, like this one, last one, Allison and Adam, the date, and the event center I put on yep. it. And then put, of course, on the bottom, gxpdjs.com. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you got to put the plug in. And uh, it sits on somebody's fridge for a year or two. And anytime anybody walks by it or whatever, it's there. Yep. You know, and uh, it gives something people to, tangible. to go home with. Yeah. Have and every kid night. gets 45 other ones to go home yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know they're in there about half the night. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's I think it's a really cool, and it adds to the fun, you know, the fun of a wedding. Now they have one more thing they can do. Creates a memory. And instantly. it keeps people there. Yeah. You know, which is huge for us because that's the, you know, a lot of weddings, and obviously you can relate, but a lot of weddings are more about just making an appearance. I just, I'm just going to come, I'm going to eat, I'm going to say hi, and I'm out, like you said before. Congrats on that. Um, uh, yeah. But now you have a photo booth, so now it's, oh, I want to eat, and then I want to say congratulations. Did you hear the song? Let's go get down I like this song. Bit. Oh, they have a photo booth? Oh, let me go take some pictures. And then they come back and dance, and then now a group of them want to go take a photo booth. Okay, they're going to the photo booth yeah. again. So it, it keeps people, now somebody that thought they were going to leave at, Eight or nine o'clock are there till close. Oh, Eleven, yeah, you know, they're still exactly. there. Um, so I think that's huge. And and the uplighting really gives something different. It gives dimension, 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 <laughs> dimension and depth, dimension, <laughs> dimension and depth yeah. uh, to everything, and it just makes the place look way more modern or than it can be. Elegant, elegant, Ele modern, elegant. Yeah, you know, yeah. nostalgic, whatever it is. Well, yeah, it, it just adds it. 
you know, it's it's such a simple thing. You know, you think just one light, it's a light, no big deal. Or, you know, we have multiple yeah, but of a them. Series but, of them. But I mean, even with multiple, it's it's one light plus one light plus one Did light you plus see one what light. Yeah, with? yeah. Oh, you seen that? Okay. Yeah. So it's one light plus one light plus one light plus one light. Like, ooh, big deal. But then when it's the whole picture, like. Whoa. Yeah, it really does add. It just gave it a completely different look. Just a hu- huge, yeah. You except know, normally for, weddings are super formal. Except obviously, for the parents that let but, their fucking kids hang out and yeah, play that's, with the that's lights. Always a and so I got to come over and be like, "Hey, these things are electrical. Let's not have your baby playing with these yeah, lights." Yeah, that's kind of idea. Woo, bright light, and they just start fucking with it. That's how it was with our light, uh, uh, the, st- the light things that we had before. Uh, where kids would just be like, oh, I love it. I know. And I'm like, dude, don't stare like, at that. That's yeah, right you're going to learn. Yeah. You're like, and I got lasers eyesight. on the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's always that's always the thing that kids love until you play Baby Shark, obviously. Um, they asked for that last night. I'm sure they like, did. Yeah, I'll get that on for you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say. That, yeah. I didn't say. We yeah. love kids. No, I didn't say. Yeah, I'll put that on for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the part you said. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. But you know, I mean, we can go into. I mean, this could be a whole other podcast, but um, or episode, I should say. Excuse me. Um, but there's a lot. It's. In our job as DJs, you know, when somebody comes up and requests a song, there's a lot that goes behind that request. You know, they just think, I'm going to request this song, he's going to play it. Or I love it, my car is, so this should be... Or I love it, right, right, right. Jesus. They don't consider, you know, everybody else there. They think, you know, they might be the only person that ever heard this song. That So that doesn't work for us, you know. And, And like I said, we can go into the... The logistics of it. The logistics of all that. But weddings are notorious for that. Yeah. Because, especially with kids, because you have kids, and I'm not going to say no to a kid. I don't, you know, usually. Guess how many times I had to play Old Town Road last night? Oh, man, probably seven. Just two. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Actually, three, because one was in the intro. Like, for the bride. Oh, the intro. (laughs) So, yeah, I just, uh, and like I said, we can go into all of it, but you have a kid that comes up when you're playing dinner music. Hey, can you switch up the song? Well, no, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't because this is what they wanted me to play at this point. And it's, it's dinner music. They yeah, don't understand. Yeah, that they don't understand the process of a wedding. You know, they're no, they're kids. You know, but they're yeah, and, and it's cool. Like I love. But drunk kids adults there. become kids too. Then that happens too. And then I'll throw in like, hey, listen, everybody's gonna love it if you <laughs> play. The bride wanted me to ask you to play this. Yeah. Uh, no, she didn't. No, she did not. <laughs> Have the, I have a list of songs that hey, she told have me to play. Have the bride come up to me That's and tell me it. then, is what I say. Have the bride come up to me. Oh, okay. Touché. And then she'll go up to the bride, and the bride will be like, the fuck out of here. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'm watching it. And, I'm, and then she'll come back. She said it was okay. No, bitch, she did not. <laughs> That's funny. She wanted you to play that song. Then why is it under the do not playlist yeah. on my form here? Yeah. Oh, funny, huh? Really? Get your fucking list. There you go. Come on. on. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, and I'm once again, I think you can relate. You're never the satisfaction you get from killing a wedding is second to nothing. Yeah, you know, there's nothing better in in our line of work than doing. You know, the the Prince show, doing gigs like that. Yeah, um, but the fact that weddings give you that instant gratification right. and 
years down the road, if you killed it, you'll know for a long time. You have the father of the bride that comes up to you and, and pats you in the back, right hugs there. you, or gives you a bro handshake. Yeah. Like, you killed it tonight. Thank you so right. much. And they and they slip a little money in your pocket, whether they do or not. Yeah, that part is, yeah. is just That's great. just icing on the cream. And then the bride and groom are just like, thank you so much. Like, it's funny because the, the groom didn't say shit to me last night. Really? Well, that's fine. He didn't really know me. He wasn't in the meetings oh, or anything. Oh. I met him literally as I was lining people up for introductions. But oh, uh, I've had a few of those. That yeah, happens. Yeah, that but happens. he was buddies with a couple a couple guys that used to, I used to work with at, mm. uh, at uh, Hy-Vee. Okay. And uh, so they were there. They were in the party and everything. Right. Um, and uh, one of them's like, hey, can you play some Wu-Tang? And I'm like, fuck, man, I don't know if I have any Wu-Tang that I can really get down on. But t- towards the end of the night, in the power hour, I call this, hey, it's 9 o'clock. we got one hour left. It's the power hour. <laughs> oh. This is how we do it. And everybody yep. goes nuts, right? Yep. You know, and we play all that shit. And there was a point where I was at 99 beats per minute and cream. Cream is like 90, 90 yeah, right around 98. there. 98.8 yeah, or something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. And I had a funky mix of it and I just spun boom. right in. And like the groom and his buddies were like, boom. And all of a sudden they're like, ah! Yeah, right, you know? right. And then I went right into Slam Onyx and everything. Oh, yeah. Like, and just did a whole mega mix. And, uh. It was just like, I didn't think I was going to be able to play some Wu-Tang, and I just threw it in there, just, just sprinkled it. You know, it was like a verse and a chorus, and that's right. all, and then I got out, you know. And they were just like, yeah! Yeah, you don't think of, you don't think of something yeah. like that being like a, a song to play at a wedding? Like, I I had one similar to that, but it was a kid, and he asked me to play Post Malone. Um, this kid is one of my favorite so kids. So you think you're better now? No, it was it was Candy Paint, which oh, is a song that is it'd be funny if that was yeah, the wedding yeah. song. Um, but this kid was one of my favorites because he, me and him had like a 30, com- 30 minute conversation about Michael Jackson because he loved Michael Jackson. He was telling me he loved How Thriller. This kid? this kid was probably six years old. Oh, um, and obviously maybe we mentioned it earlier, but I'm a huge MJ fan. Um, probably the biggest one you'll ever know, but this kid and me were just sitting there talking about the Thriller video and he was like, I played Thriller for him and he's literally during the song, he's telling me, oh, this is when the zombies are coming out. Or, oh, this is when he's going into the house. Oh, this is when they're doing the dance. Like, he's doing that. Like, and I'm just like, you are awesome, kid. You know? <laughs> and then he comes. He, Can I so, adopt you? So I, play, so I play a song, this song, and now he's like my favorite, per- his favorite, I'm his favorite person. So he, now he wants to ask, you know, I love MJ. He says, MJ's my favorite, and Post Malone's my second favorite. And I was like, um... <laughs> Okay, kid, that's cool, that's cool. In my head, I'm thinking, you can't even put those two in the same sentence. But for the kid, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I like I like Post Malone, which I do. I don't not like him. Um, I don't like every song, but I like a lot of it. Uh, but then he wanted me to play Candy Paint. So in my mind, I'm like, how am I going to make... And this is at my best friend's brother's wedding. Um, oh, Pfeiffer. Yeah, Ben Pfeiffer. Um, yeah. He's Nick's... Uh, it's the middle brother of the three. Um, shout out to the Pipers. Um, what up, Pipers? Yeah, yeah. But he, so he wants me to play Candy Paint. And now this is, uh, you know, he's, it's, it's a Caucasian Mexican wedding. The bride is Mexican and, uh, the groom is Caucasian. Nowhere in there is Post Malone. He's not supposed to be allowed. But the way it all kind of worked out, I was able to slip it in for him. Um, and it was it would have been different if he wanted like wow because wow's on the radio. Tim's really good at slipping it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been different if it was like wow or you know one of his more popular songs. But he wanted this song that he knew every word to. So when I played it, I got the just or the gratification from seeing him 
literally every single word, just like I, I saw myself a lot. Um, as we mentioned from my DJ name, that was me when I was little. Like I could a lot of songs there was that I didn't know the name of them, but I could rap or sing every single part of it. Um, so I saw him, and then he's an MJ fan on top of that. So I saw a lot of myself in this kid being, you know, six, seven years old. It was just super cool. And that's that's the gratification I get from doing it. Did it you don't work, though, with everybody else? else? Yeah, yeah. Because at this point, um, at this point in the night. Was we it were, later? It was later, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was about to leave. So I, and I felt like after us you know, creating this bond that we had. Typical requester. I'm about to leave. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the thing, too, yeah. It's either the bride told me or I'm about to leave. Uh, but he really was. I mean, it was probably 10 o'clock at this point. He's six years old. He probably needs to go to bed. So I kind of got it. But And then because he's been so loyal to me all night, I was like, I'm going to do this for you. So I played it. Um, and he danced and sang to the whole song. And that's, I think that's, for anybody out there, rule of thumb, if you request a song, Get make, after make it. sure you dance to yeah. it. Yeah. Show appreciation. That's how you show appreciation to the DJ. You don't, don't, or, or the people that request a song and then go to the bathroom. Uh, and then I play it, and then they don't think I played it. I wasn't here. Can you what? play? Can you play it again? Yeah, and that's rule Get number one. You don't play. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, you don't play Unless two songs Unless it's Old Town Road, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Some songs will will work, but you can't normally at any given given uh, gig that we're doing. You're not playing two songs, two the same song twice. I I, I try not to. And Old Town Road is different. Last because night, so I played it literally it's within killing the, the world first right half now. hour. Right? Right. And then this was in the power hour, and this little boy came up, and he was actually the nephew of the bride and groom. Mm. So we play Old Town Road again? I was like, yeah. And so I put it on. I was like, all right, we're going to ride that horse one more time. And like some people are like, again? All of a sudden, oh, dude, there everybody was dancing. And plus, you like that song. So there's that. There is that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't mind it. I'm kind of over it now. I just but, like how it sounds on my system. Oh, yes. It's, it's a great bumps. song. For, oh, yeah. It's oh, a great song. Oh, my God. And it was just like, yeah. yeah. And it gets everybody going. Yeah, it and really like, does. Right now, first, it's... some of the adults are like, you already played this. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But the little fucking kid over there. <laughs> you say no to that kid. Yeah, you say no to him. <laughs> Oh man, that's the world. I mean, we're we're hopefully diving into the world of of a DJ beyond the glamour, because um, it's really not very glamorous. I mean, it's it's fun. It can be, and it's it, it, it can, can be. be. It can be, and it's given us it's given me a lot of opportunities that I would have never had, and same probably with you. But there's a lot of work that goes behind. It's it. more humbling than anything else. It really is. With you. It really because is. It's like I love the fact that I can bring joy to a ton of people. And, you know, not a ton, but a lot of people in a, in a small spot. Yeah. And they were like, man, that was the best wedding reception I've ever heard. And when you hear that, that is great. Oh, yeah. That is a great feeling. I know if you've heard that. Yeah. And, and to know that we're providing those services and based off of the values and the morals and the training of my company, mm-hmm. um, that it's proceeding. Right. You know? Right. And, and that, that feels all the best. Yeah. I've never done a wedding where like that fucking sucked. I want my money back. Never once. Oh no, that'll and never happen. Eight hundred weddings, yeah. dude. Yeah. Never once. No way. Have I been oh, like man. that? Was very disappointing. You yeah. fucking blow. Never. And I mean, we. I mean, this could be another podcast too, which it won't be. But we could. I mean, I'm sure in our heads we could think of 
opportunities that that's not not necessarily our opportunities, but we've heard of other weddings that other DJs have done. There's been challenging weddings. Um, there's done. All, oh yeah, there's always challenging ones. I did. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not really country. Isn't my thing necessarily, but I had to do a whole wedding on country one time. Um, it just took research, effort, and right. dedication to to making sure it went without a hitch. I mean, I'm gonna perfectly. say that there's been weddings I've done. They're like, dude, that was a challenge. That was fucking rough. Yeah. But they were like, hey, that was still fun. You know, yeah. that, you did a great job. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Some of the loops that I'm like, people really? want us to run, to run yeah. through and jump through are pretty crazy. Yeah. And, and every single wedding. But it's their big day. Completely you know, different. It's their big yeah, day. Yeah, I know. So. And they have different expectations. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, there's some weddings I'm like, man, that was a struggle. Like, you know, especially like... Uh, like foreign language weddings. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're hard to do because really I don't know what the fuck this song is saying. Right. And I don't yeah, know I don't the difference know. between this song and that song. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, it's that's so true. Like, you'll, that's you'll so true. Put, so I download all this shit that I've done research on, and I'll play a song, and everybody's like, ah, ha, 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 and they're going crazy. And the next song, they're like, mm, they're looking at me like I'm an asshole. Yeah. Like, what the fuck did I just play? Yeah, yeah, I, don't I don't even know, know what I played. <laughs> <laughs> oh know? man. You know, and yeah. I'm just like. Ugh, so I've right. never had I've never had a you know I've had never had a whole like a full out foreign language I've wedding. I've done a couple of them, man. Um, yeah. I've never, but I've had weddings where they want like thirty minutes of foreign music or something like that, That's and it's difficult. Thing. It's difficult. Yeah. Even that, you know, I can only imagine trying to build the whole night four, around that. You fill four hours of it, right? Yeah, I can only imagine, dude. It's nuts, and uh, sometimes it's gone well, and other times I'm like. Well, I guess that's the best we got. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shit. How you think, man? Should we wrap it up? We can. Yeah. It's not like I'm never going to be back again. You will. You will be back again. <laughs> Dude, we, you know? we had a pretty good one. This is a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was solid, man. Yeah. So thank you for coming out. Yeah, thank you for having me. Dude, this is great. We're going to continue with these. And uh, the GXP podcast will live on. Yeah. Long live GXP cast. Hang? Hang. Hang? We're working on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll work on the name. <laughs> it may be called Brian Lee's House. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. That would, that would be cool. Because literally, it's in my house. We're in the house. In my We're basement. in the crib. We're in the basement. GXP cribs. Instead of MTV cribs. Remember I did a, a whole, like, uh, uh, what was it, Snapchat like that one time? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my rides and I show my bikes. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Check out my living room. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I got a 19 inch TV. 19. It's my go to. It's my 19. I upgraded from the 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upgrade. All right, yeah. man. Love you, dude. Yeah, love you too. Love you. Thanks for everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks hope, for tuning hope, hope in, we guys. We have some interesting stuff in there. And uh, we'll be back next week. All right. Bye, everybody.